lento yenzayo ailunganga lento yenzayo ailunganga hala um, that song is not value neutral. Who are you singing it to? Ah, uh, Sakina, <laughs> please, please. I tell you, I, I, I love my job, huh? <laughs> okay, we shall just uh, make of it what we will. But um, let's look at the Asian shares, Clive, in positive yeah, territory yeah. this morning. It's not exciting, isn't it? You know, everybody was very, very uh, uh, scared and worried last week. Uh, you know, the jobs numbers, you know, they don't call me because I'm to for nothing, Sakina. You know, the U.S. jobs numbers was actually what helped a little bit of positivity. We saw that throughout the entire weekend. In actual fact, what happened was uh, I had called it 160,000 uh, because I thought to myself, there's no way that they could have uh, created so many, other, uh, so many jobs in such a short period of time, especially because the maximum people who had been hired by this, by this time would have been hired at the beginning of these campaigns, the electoral campaigns that I'm referring to. And so there's no surprise at all then, therefore, that uh, the numbers were a bit disappointing, to be honest with you, not, expect, not exactly what we expected. We got 251,000 jobs in August uh, after an upwardly revised 235,000 increase in July. So uh, what matters is not whether the markets think that uh, was strong jobs numbers, but whether the Fed, obviously, and the policymakers will do with that particular number. Will they hike rates still in September? We don't know. But nevertheless, a lot of investors obviously positive about the news, and then they took it on, and then they said, let's take up more risk, because obviously this might be the reason why uh, Janet Yellen doesn't raise uh, interest rates at the end of September. It's not a guarantee, but definitely brings sentiment that perhaps maybe she might not be prepared to take up the risk, and maybe we'll wait again, uh, perhaps maybe in December. I hear some commentators saying she might even hold it off uh, until next year. So um, I, my, my, my guess is the jobs numbers, uh, the inflation and the growth in America has been so strong. Um, remember, the target was four hikes this year and they've only managed one. I won't be surprised if Janet Yellen and her team decide at the end of this month to actually increase by 25 basis and another 25 basis again in December. I, won't, I would not be surprised because obviously they have, they've missed the challenge. But this all sparks Asian markets, uh, particularly uh, in the MSCI in Asia Pacific, uh, gaining their 1.4%. Uh, and the Japanese Nikkei Sakina, as you've mentioned, uh, it's up now up to 1.1%, which is quite good. Uh, that's the highest in three months, by the way, that's returned. So that was very good. Uh, and we know that uh, the Bank of Japan uh, 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 um, uh, Governor uh, Mr. Karuda signals that the BOJ stands ready to ease uh, monetary policy further. So it's all good in Japan. It's all good in Tokyo. Uh, it's all good in, the, in Hong Kong. As, uh, uh, it's all good as well in the Chinese market as they all look positive this morning. Well, and um, looking at the G20 summit and after some spice about red carpets, it is ultimately about the economy. And um, the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, talking there about uh, the world economy being at risk. Yeah, well, uh, his wording, uh, uh, obviously, it's after those bilateral talks uh, with Barack Obama. This was his last attempt to edge uh, Asia to continue doing business with America, as he will be out of office uh, by the end of the year. Uh, uh, but uh, it also says, he said, the, the summit is taking place, obviously, Sakina, after the British vote. It's the first time it's happened after the Brexit in situation. So a lot of things have changed since the last 
summit. And the leaders obviously now are taking on new responsibilities. And we know for a fact that uh, this globalization and uh, to warn against isolationism is also at the, at the peak of it. And so she was just saying, I don't know, I didn't understand what he was saying, but the interpreter said <laughs> the global economy has arrived at a crucial juncture. And he says you have to be able to face, the world has to prepare to face sluggish demand, volatile uh, financial markets, and feeble uh, trade and investment. So with growth drivers from the previous round of technology progress and gradually fading, uh, while also on the other side he's got the round of technology and industrialization taking place, he's talking obviously about the fourth industrial. Uh, 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 revolution there. And he says, now countries, economies have to change the way they used to do business. Industrialization has taken a new shape. It's taken a new form. And you have to be wary of it and know how to plan for it. He's also talked about something called protectionism. Uh, Satina saying that, and specifically here, uh, the, the finance minister from, uh, um, um, from Canada, uh, she mentioned that you know, um, if you protect big business, you stand to lose a big, big uh, opportunity in that particular case. Because if you, if you don't allow smaller businesses to trade, to do international trade as well, as well as local trade, you, you run a risk that those companies will never be able to grow. So she says we mustn't do pro- we must, uh, we must uh, guard against uh, uh, protectionism and business must be open to all markets and all businesses, small, medium, and the big ones as well. Well, Clive, let's leave it there for today. Chat to you again tomorrow morning. Our market analyst, Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela. You're listening to AM Live with Sakina Kamwendo.